Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of the Merchant of Magic podcast. Today we're going to discuss practice techniques and the way that uh, you can get the most out of learning new magic tricks. I should introduce myself first. I'm Dominic Rays, I'm the owner of Merchant of Magic, and I've been performing professionally for just close to 20 years now. And I'm joined today by Ben Williams. Hello! <laughs> I'll just jump in there. <laughs> um, my name's Ben Williams. I've been performing as well. Oh, I've been performing magic for nearly 15 years and performing professionally for about seven. And um, I've been lucky enough to work here at the Merchant of Magic with Dominic for many years. And so that's my story, basically. Um, I'll pass you over to Paul. I'm Paul, Paul Knight, I'm a performing magician, I've been doing it for about 13 years, and I've been working here for at least three months now. Um, Three long months. Three long, tedious months. (laughs) No, seriously, (laughs) we love him really. (laughs) Okay, so we're going to talk about practice techniques. Uh, Ben, do you want to kick off with a tip? Yeah. Um, I, I think we're just going to chuck out some, some tips and chat about them first. So one of the things that I like to do, uh, this is just actually more specifically with close-up magic rather than sort of card magic and stuff like that, but is to perform a move and actually look at what the move that you're doing is. So if you're trying to vanish a coin by putting it in your hand, you should learn what putting a coin in your hand actually looks like. Yeah, so you're replicating what the real general move looks like because what you'll find is when you start developing sleight-of-hand moves, um, there are telltale signs and things like this that crop up for everybody. And if you don't study what you're actually supposed to be showing them, then you're going to be putting a coin in your hand, but it's going to look funny. It's not going to look like what putting a coin in your hand actually looks like. So I always, when thinking about doing these moves... I always practice what I'm supposed to be doing first. So I will genuinely, for about 10, 20 times, genuinely put a coin into my hand and squeeze it. And then I will look at everything from what my when my right hand puts the coin in, what my right hand does after that naturally, uh, naturally bounces by your side, your hand closes, you know, just general movements and try and replicate as much as you can. So, so yeah, well, that, that would be my first tip. Yeah, well, when you're practicing... What- do you, do you do it in front of the TV, Ben, or do you do it... To, how do you, what do you do? Do you sit in silence? Do you it depends on what I'm doing. Um, if I'm practising a move, say the classic pass, then I will quite happily sit and watch an episode of... Well, Emma Dale. Emma, yeah, yeah, something classy like that. <laughs> and I'll quite happily sit there and perform this move repeatedly over and over and over again because that helps with the muscle memory helps your body learn what the technique is what you're supposed to be doing um but you're also your mind is somewhere else so um because that's essentially what you're doing when you're doing magic is you're talking to somebody whilst you might be doing a billion other things in the background uh, which they're unaware of so if you can practice and coherently watch a tv show at the same time then you're training your body to do these two things at the same time which is a great thing but there are exceptions to which I'm sure you agree. What do you put, what do you do, Paul? Well, flourishes, slights, and so forth, like you were just saying. Um, you know, the mechanics, mm. in effect. I would 
quite happily sit in front of the TV over and over and over again until it's second nature, like doing that for shoelaces. But um, if I was doing a routine or an actual trick in itself, um, which would involve a pattern or a story, say, a beginning and an end to it, I would always listen to music because the TV's mm. a distraction from the actual performance that I'm yeah. trying to remember. Yeah, I can understand that. that. Yeah, 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 I can t- totally understand that. You know, I, I think uh, there's an awesome magician and a good friend of mine, Eric Jones, who only performs his, uh, practices his coin magic to music mm. because it's like a metronome. You get a beat and you get a rhythm and everything like that. So sure. as, you're, as you're performing, you get this flow, this, this natural sort of, you know, you, you eliminate dead spots and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a rhythm. Yeah, it's, it's a, a rhythm. It's a flow, which is great with coin magic. It's really, really helpful. Yeah. Really helpful. Yeah, and that's a good way to jazz, actually, as well. If you've learned a few slights, you can jazz to it, to the music, practicing yeah. of slights, and then it becomes even quicker. Yeah. To uh, you'll find in mind. things like um, misdirection will flow a lot easier. If you, if you practice with a rhythm, then you can establish that rhythm when you perform, and a rhythm like that can really help with misdirection. It's a bit like when I was learning to drive, and um, yes. they're teaching you clutch bite yes. on, on the car with your pedals. And um, at first, all you can do is you can concentrate on that. It feels really alien. Mm-hmm. But you're so busy then looking at the road and looking at the And after a while, you forget about your feet. Now, as a driver, you don't think about that at all, do you? You don't think about no. um, clutch bite and acceleration and putting the... Another good example is um, every, something that everybody does, your morning routine. What do you do when you get out of bed? First thing you do is you go and pick up your wallet, you pick up your watch. Well, this is my routine. <laughs> I put my clothes on personally. I have a cup of coffee. <laughs> I, I haven't done that enough times for it to be in my muscle memory. Right, okay. This is uh, where you need to start practicing, isn't it, Paul? Yes. But it's the same thing. You don't think about it <laughs> no, because you've no. been doing it so often. Yeah. It becomes almost a mundane thing. It's funny. Somebody actually posted up uh, somewhere the other day. They said, uh, when did it change? When did my morning routine change? I used to get up and go and get a coffee and have a shower. And now I get up and I check, check my Facebook and check my emails and check my, my forum posts and everything like that. The world is a funny place, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's good, though. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, talking about routine, um, I would probably say a good tip is how often to practice. Yeah. There's two ways that, that I hear from customers coming into the shop and talking to us. Some people will will have maybe one night a week where they sit down and they say, that's my evening to practice. Yes. Now, often, that tends to be watching magic DVDs <laughs> and reading books, and that's not practice. No, no, that's, that's, that's very important to establish. Learning magic is not practicing magic. Yeah, yeah. And then um, other people, and, and this is what I did myself when I was learning, um, and what I still do now when I'm learning a new move or technique a short bursts of, of practice, sort of like 10 minutes, maybe 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night. Uh, and I have a, a deck of cards in various rooms in the house. I have one next to the kettle. I do the and same. one next to a phone. Yeah. And as I walk past, boom, I can practice, I can run through a routine. Yeah. But I think having those breaks allows you to consolidate yeah. and the knowledge that you've learned. And then view it with fresh eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, how, how many lectures have you been to which have been fantastic? They're two hours long, you sit there and a billion jokes go by which you're like, oh, I remember those, those will go into my working set. Oh, I remember this trick, I remember that trick. And at the end of the two hours, you're so bombarded with information that you, you carry 
very little through with you on your own. You know, you would need to be writing everything down and noting everything. And it's the same with practice. If you just go into practicing and, and just do, you know, it's, it's good. It's good to practice. So I can't take that away from anyone, but you're not, it's not as productive as it could be. You know, if you give yourself breaks and, and you, and you do it in short, sharp bursts, then, then it's a lot more effective. Definitely. A bit like revision, you know, yeah, revision very for much an exam. So. You have a little burst, then a rest, maybe sleep, and the next day it allows you to... to um, Your to brain's in a fresher place. Yeah, yeah. I read something somewhere um, once. <laughs> great. <laughs> and it was great. No, and it said... Because um, uh, people are always saying that they haven't got enough time to practice... You know, time is is always yes. pushing, and you know, life commitments, children, <coughs> families, and so forth. But uh, I read in this book that it said, "How much time do you need? Five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening. Keep doing that all week long, and that short burst, like you were just saying, yeah. and you'll learn it a damn sight quicker than sitting there for a whole evening going That's... over and over and over and over again." Um, I don't do that, but I read it. <laughs> but yeah. Five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the evening is nothing, but that totals up as over an hour's worth of practice by the end of the week. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you've got to sit down and really focus on it, yeah. especially if you're learning a trick and you've, and you've got to really focus on the instructions and learn a, <laughs> learning a, learn a system. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're learning, you know, um, uh, Thomas Garrett's um, ultimate oh the stand up Monty stand up Monty by, by Garrett Thomas yeah, yeah you've got a multi-phase routine you have to do everything in that order yeah and um, that's going to take some time that's to a start to finish job, job yeah. isn't it so start you've learned the flow but mm. once you've got that you can then practice that in short on short sessions often in fact something like stand up Monty would be the ideal example of something that you should practice to music yeah. Ah, yeah. Because yeah. you can really pay attention to it. You can get the the timing and the flow along with the music, and and, and you then can jazz with it. And you can jazz once with you it. understand yeah. it. Once you understand it, <laughs> <laughs> such a simple simple premise, but it's uh, yeah, very convoluted sort of uh, uh, handling, which you know you definitely need to practice. It's, yeah. it's and not, over and over again. Over and over again. Yeah. You know what's that saying? They say. Um, um, you can become an expert. You can become an expert in anything if you, you do it ten thousand times, or, yeah. or spend ten thousand hours, or, or spend ten thousand yeah. hours. Yeah, yes. on something. And, and um, again, if you if you sit down and you do loads and loads and loads of repetitions, mm. you're going to burn out. And mm. after yeah. a while, after three or four days, you're just going to go on to the next yeah. trick. Yeah. And whereas if you make it short sessions often you can keep that energy and it can keep fresh and you'll watch the development yeah. of it yeah there's um the famous magician david stone i mean this is this is different because this is practicing for competition which is also relevant here as well if you if you're looking to compete in magic uh something that david stone does uh, or two things in fact he will practice his magic in hot and cold climate so he'll go into a walk-in fr- uh, refrigerator and practice his magic, and he will go and sit in the sauna and practice magic, so that he can practice with his hands being really clammy and hot and really cold and unsensitive. Um, but he also, for an endurance thing, if there is something which you know, if this is again with competition, not not in general, but if you want to nail something a hundred percent of the time and you can't afford to not nail it, as in a competition, what he does, he takes a hundred matchsticks. And he does his move or his routine, and if he gets it right, he moves a matchstick across. 
into another pile. And he does this again. When he gets it right, he moves a matchstick across. And he keeps doing this until he's done it 100 times in a row correctly. If at any point he gets it wrong, all those matchsticks on the left-hand side get moved over to the original pile again, and he starts again until he's done it 100 times in a row correctly. Which is, I mean, like I say, that is... You know, if you're if you're just learning a bit of magic for friends or family or anything like that, really, that's that's very far too much over the top. But did, did he win? Did he win? He actually he came, he did place. He came. Third. His hands burnt down. <laughs> His hands burnt down. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, that, well, that's an interesting insight as to how a, a competition magician would practice something, which he needs to nail it just once on the night. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. And, and would you say then that's individual slights and moves or running the whole routine? Do you know, I think he breaks his routine down into sections of, you know, so if he's got a routine where he does a, a bottle production, bottle through table, and then something inside the bottle, he will practice the bottle production over and over again. And then he'll practice the bottle through table over and over again. And then he'll practice the, the objects inside bottle over and over again. And, and then he would once he's done them all perfectly and he's got those all down, then he'll merge them all together into a routine. And how do you tend to do it? Do you tend to do it in chunks like that or do you do you run through the whole routine yeah, from I, start to finish? I tend to find if I put the whole routine, if I try and practice the whole routine, I will end up realising that I've stopped in the middle of the routine because a part of it didn't look perfect in the mirror and I'm redoing that part. And mm, you can't yeah. do that in real life. I do that. Yeah. yeah, I'm guilty of that. So I think I think you'll find quite quite a few people probably are because you get you get lost in your own moment. You're like, oh, that didn't quite look good. How do I make it look good? There's not much point. You're in being a critic as well of yeah. yourself all the way through. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. monitoring it, thinking, oh, did I do that? So yes. you're only actually half paying attention to exactly to the routine. exactly. If you if you actually did it start to finish, and if you went wrong, you stopped. You you would very it would take you ages to get to the end of the routine. One of my bad habits is also, as I'm learning or practicing a routine or a trick, whatever you wish to call it, I start making my own patter as I'm learning it. But I should really learn the trick first, then revisit it and try and figure out the patter. Yeah. And there's not much advice out there on patter. It's tricky because you, you, you don't want to just practice in silence. No, that's right. Because you're not going to perform in silence either. So, and, and using the voice acts as a cue... Yeah. to the moves yeah. yes very um, much so. especially later when you perform if you tend to if you practice loads and then when you try and show it to someone you find you hesitate and you pause and you mm-hmm. freeze generally it tends to be the fact that you've been practicing in silence you've been practicing the moves and, and yeah. the, the mechanics of the effect but not actually the performance of the effect practicing yeah. performance in, and and learning about that is just as important really if you if you want to be serious so maybe so how do you how do you do that how do you practice i, I not in silence but at the same time not i actually speak out loud when I'm on my own <laughs> practicing it. Once, actually, I did <laughs> I, I did set up three teddy bears around the table and um, practiced it on those. And I was having a great conversation, and it was great. And the patter flowed. But it helped. The, the reaction wasn't what I expected. But, um, really, were they? It's a tough gig. <laughs> <laughs> But that, no, that, even that helped, though. That sounds really ridiculous, but it helped. 
It was a fluff gig. It gave me points to look at, places to look at when I'm performing it. And okay, yeah, yeah that's, that's good. Because that, I was going to bring is, up again cues to what part in the routine am I? Exactly. Uh, I was going to bring up the point about practicing in the mirror. Practicing in the mirror is very important for for getting your angles right and looking at things like that. But if you get too caught up in doing that, you will find that you're performing your routine and you're looking at yourself in the mirror as you do it. When you go to perform to a real person your eyes aren't going to be looking at yourself in the mirror. They're going to be looking at, you know, the spectator in front of you. Oh, did that person on the right see something? Oh, did they see something? Was there, you know, and your mind is in totally different places and, and looking at different things as well. So sometimes when I've practiced a routine and I know that my angles are good and I understand them, I'll step away from the mirror and I'll just practice walking about or something like that, you know, yeah. just walking up and down my hallway as I rehearse my patter as well. Because it, it takes you away from from getting locked into, you know, because if, if you only practice in one condition, then once you step away from that condition, it's a whole new ball game. See, I found that as well when I was learning the um, retention of vision vanish. Um, I, I would practice it and repeat and repeat and repeat in front of the mirror. And then I didn't have that feedback. You become reliant on the feedback, basically, yeah. to see whether it looks okay. Mm. And then... It was really tricky, and I wouldn't perform the retention. You feel like everyone's seeing it. Yeah, exactly, because you, you're not getting that. It, does it work? You're not getting that instant, that instant um, yeah. um, check, basically. But it looks good. Mm. You need to know that it looks good in the mirror, but then you also need to practice it without the mirror, so that you know what it looks wh- when it looks good when you're just looking at your hands and the feel. Like that. Well, the feel, the yeah, feel, the of feel, it. And, the, and the timing. Because their reaction fills you with confidence that okay, I am doing this right now, so I will carry on doing it. Yeah. But then that opens it that when do you go out? Mm. When are you ready to go out and do it? There is, you know, there's there's also the, f- you know, you have to be practicing this, you know, sort of way because you want to feel confident. Uh, I'll get to the point. Essentially, when you perform, sometimes a spectator might whisper something to another spectator, or they might go, oh, yeah. or nod, or you know, give you a clue that they are following what you're doing. Now, they may well be following what you're doing, but the likelihood is, is that they think they know what you're doing. They're following the method, they think. Yeah, they're following their own method, and they're going down, yeah, yeah, they're going somewhere completely wrong. But if you don't have confidence in your own slides, if you haven't practiced them enough, you're just going to believe that they know exactly what's going on. That will cause you to speed up, that will cause you to rush through things, not be as entertaining as you can be, and also... It will, it will bring down the quality of your performance for everyone else. Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, if you could have nine people really enjoy it and one person figure it out, or ten people not really enjoy it, which would you prefer? I politely disregard the people who think they know... <laughs> I, I, Even if do. they know how it's done, I don't... Politely, you, know, you know, people... You, you get that. You can't, you can't go through life being a magician and honestly say that... You've done magic all your life and no one's ever figured anything out that you've done. Because that would be a lot. You're fooling yourself. Yeah, you're fooling yourself. Exactly. I can. (laughs) That's great, Paul. I'd like to fool someone just once, though. (laughs) (laughs) You're 20 years in the game. You fooled yourself, Dominic. Oh, yeah. And again, I find as well, when I started, I I always practiced in front of a mirror. And in fact... I took a part-time job um, where I was in a showroom, as a salesman in a showroom, and uh, 
the whole place is surrounded by glass, great big glass windows. <laughs> so, so my desk is there, and basically I'm staring at a reflection of myself all day. <laughs> Retentioning. <laughs> yeah, Retention. yeah. And I'm, Retention. I'm running through a coin roll all day while I'm on the phone, and I'm watching it, I'm watching it. And then uh, loads of people, and I didn't know about this, but loads of people said, oh, that's really good, but why are you closing your eyes? <laughs> yeah, I was just about to mention that. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I don't want to see, when I'm doing a funny move, I don't want to see it. I do that as well! <laughs> so I, I close my eyes and just squint it. like, oh, yeah, and, squint. Yeah, and uh, it was only by videoing myself, actually, yeah. that I picked up... Um, but I picked up that towel. It's and it's taken quite a while to be able to get rid of it. It really is. It's it's a, it's a reluctance to see bad magic or something. I don't know because I do it as well. It's like, well, <laughs> if I can't see it, they can't see it. Exactly. <laughs> you don't know you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't have spotted that at all. No. In, unless I. So so another good thing as part of your practice technique is is to video yourself. Mm. Yeah. And uh, and that can be quite painful to watch. Yeah. If you can, not everyone has the facilities to do this, but if you can, try and set up more than one camera so that you have like multiple angles. Like if you, if you've got a camera and you've got a couple of mates nowadays it's not so well, bad because everyone's phones. got an iPhone yeah. or everyone's got a, a, some sort of video camera on their phone. So you could you know just borrow your mates' phones or just have them video you because you you know you're, I'm sure your mates would really enjoy helping you out in that way. Oh, I'm going to show so and so a trick. Do you mind just filming it? If you could film there, you could film there, and you could film there, then they'll just believe. Oh, wicked! I'm getting a nice little footage of, of magic. But then you can use that as yeah. And, as, and, as and also, I would say, like you say, is don't just film yourself. Don't set up a camera and sit there and film yourself perform a trick because that's. A sort of magic you're just going to see yeah. present. You yeah. can go and look on YouTube and find, mm. you know, thousands of people doing that, and you won't learn very much. It needs mm. to be you performing to an audience, yes, because you need to see the feedback you get. You need to see how you come across to the audience, even your stance, your stance, your speed. Yeah, uh, something that that you might find yourself doing is shifting your weight from left to right foot nervously. You know, yeah. and, and you won't pick that up unless you're actually videoing yourself at all. Or anything Another thing, like are you acknowledging everyone on the table or, or yeah. whatever venue you're at, what event it is? Are you acknowledging everyone? Because I've often seen people, I'm guilty myself, and you're just focused on one person. Yes. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I, I, when I first started working, something that I really had to get out of my system, I know this is going a little way away from it, was the approach as well. When you approach a table, like... I almost had to practice what I would run through and say then because there's nothing worse than sort of nervously hanging around waiting to get people's attention when you should be controlling that situation. Yeah. So you've got to practice everything, you know. Practice. One thing I was watching um, a while ago was David Copperfield and one thing I spotted was his incredible ability. I wouldn't have noticed this years ago, but I do now. The ability is always looking at the audience constantly, whatever's going on, even if it's one of his close-up routines constantly looking at the audience and the hands are just performing just the doing magic what they need to do yeah yeah so how do you know when you've practiced enough when um, you're good like me <laughs> <laughs> what they can't see is ben actually closed his eyes when he said that <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that you you never know you never uh, know that you think you're really until you start performing yeah um, until you start performing it in your set or you're doing it to the public or you're doing it to your friends and you're getting that, those reactions. The first reaction is huge for yeah. any effect, I think. Mm. That can either 
make you run make with or it break or it. break it. Yeah. Yeah, but, but but that's not that's you shouldn't run with that as a, as a guideline because at the end of the day, most of the time it's not the trick that's bad. It's it's harsh reality that your performance of it may have been bad, or you know there's a slight chance that the person that you showed it to hates magic or has just had a divorce or something really horrendous happened in their life and they're not in the mood for it. Yeah. But you know that's a sign you should work on it slightly, isn't it? Really? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Bad reaction. <laughs> or your marriage. Yeah. Any magic, work on your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. And, uh, and but then even then, even then, when you you'll get to that stage, I think that's why a lot there are a lot of magicians that they would like to perform to the public, and they're practicing and practicing with that goal, mm. but they never feel that they get to the stage where they're ready. Yeah. And they'll spend years and years and years learning these learning these tricks, learning all the moves, and they just always feel like they're still in training. And I think that's because you'll never get to that stage where nobody's going to come in and say, right, there we are, well done, here's a certificate, you have now mastered that trick. Yeah. Um, the only way you're going to do it is if you actually start getting some experience mm-hmm. and practice, can I and do- you can say, yeah, I've learned that as well enough to perform it. And then continue through and develop it as you do more yeah, more, yeah, yeah. more presentations. Very Definitely. much so. It's a case of dip your toe in the water. Is it too cold? I yes, it is. Jump in. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you actually mentioned this because I actually said to Paul just the other day uh, that we had a uh, <clears throat> we had a uh, an effect come in, and I was practicing it and learning it, and I didn't I didn't go out and perform it. And for the next couple of weeks, I was showing people in the shop and I was like, here, look, look at this. And they're all going, oh, yeah, wow, that's really good. And I worked out that the thing that I felt unconfident with was the fact that I hadn't performed it in front of people. I hadn't properly performed it. Mm. Yeah. You know, that's, that was the missing link. I'd perfected the moves and everything like that. I'd run through them so much. Everything was so smooth. The only thing holding me back was the actual performance of it. Yeah. And so that, you know... I, I now know with this effect, I need to go and show that to people because my moves are tight. I'm fine with that. My angles are good. I understand the effect. All I need now to do is to get over my own nervousness of performing it for the first time and go and hammer it and try it, you know, 10 times and, and see where, where I go from there. Mm. Because So are you going to do that with friends or are you going to just jump in deep end at the next booking and try it out? <sighs> yeah, well, see, this is the thing. Um, I would do that with friends although friends don't give you a, an entirely true response the only time in a gig that i might do it is if you know you're getting along well with a group and they they're just happy that you're there you're having fun with them yeah you know really and then you can bad. say here i've never done this before should we try it and they'll be on board with you they'll be like oh yeah this is cool and then if it all goes wrong you know that you've won them over anyway so <laughs> but but to to do something you know to do something like that in a, in a paid gig is is necessary sometimes, but but not ideal. It's hard though. It's because you know I'll practice a new a new piece that I want to introduce into my set, hmm. and I I maybe I've got to the stage where I think it's ready to introduce. Hmm. Maybe months before I yeah. get round to actually adding it in because I know my set. I know it works really well. I know the dynamics. I know the timing. And again, it's so second it's nature. Yeah, so act has been part of your practice. It, it never needs to be added yeah. in because it's 
it's all going really well. I've got a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yeah. So uh, literally, I can have a new a new trick ready to go, and, and I've got it there in, in the back burner for for months. Hmm. And then something may happen. Perhaps I'm, I need extra repeat time, booking. or yeah, or something comes through. I'll repeat booking, and boom, I'll try it. Hmm. And wow, yeah, great. That that's now a staple in my. Yeah, it's funny it's how that can happen. It's, yeah. oh, it's, it's nerve-wracking as well. I mean, you know, we've been doing this for, for over 10 years, you know, all of us. Uh, you know, over 30 years, if we mm. added it all up between us. Yet, I don't think I'll ever get rid of that feeling of, oh, is this going to work? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know I, I, there's an effect firsthand. And there's a few things that I just wasn't sure about. But I practice it. I routined it. I practice it. Um, I practice some of the moves and the routine that I could do back to back in front of the TV, and then I put the whole thing together and put some structure to it with patter. And I went out. And That's an awesome it, trick as well, isn't it? It's fantastic. And it was actually I had the best of both worlds. I had a paid gig for a friend of a friend. So there were some people at the gig that were friends of mine that had seen a lot of my magic, and they wanted to see something new. So that was the ideal situation. Perfect. I had a gig where I could do it many, many times, and I had some friends that I could do it for for the first time. So if it went wrong, that's it. You know, it's it's only to friends that it went wrong. And I bet you can't stop. You I can't doing stop it doing it now. I love it. If somebody s- says, "Can you show me a trick?" I'm going to my wallet to get first hand out. You know, that's yeah. it's you know, but but you know, that's that's because I spent the time practicing it and did it all succinctly and then placed it all together and, and got a routine out of it and then went and performed it yeah it's 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 almost not well that's the end goal isn't it yeah that is the end of the day that is the end goal that you know it, and you have to ask yourself that is is that your goal to perform magic to people or or do you just like the theory of it okay guys we're almost out of time now so yes. um anyone got any last quick tips um, not any sensible ones, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be with you. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're practicing in front of a mirror, maybe try it with one eye closed. <laughs> approach. <laughs> no. See, I told you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can practice in glow-in-the-dark clothing in the dark. All right. Time to wrap it up. I think. I right? do believe. Okay. <laughs> Let's go home. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening. All Bye. Right. Bye. Bye. Okay, that's the end of the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we can really do with some feedback. You can email us at support at magicshop.co.uk. You can post on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash merchant of magic. Uh, Twitter is at merchant of magic. And visit our blog, which is blog.magicshop.co.uk. Thanks for listening. <laughs>